That's a good question, actually. How did I figure that out? I, I think for me, it's really fits me better even than the sales management because I, I get to interact with the salespeople, but I also get to quarterback the service and sales department working together to make the whole system smoother than it was. And that that's really been, I guess, the value I've been able to add was I saw systems that we could implement to make the, the service and sales side work better together. Welcome to the Edge of Excellence podcast. This show is for current and aspiring leaders that are dedicated to showing up every day in their lives with excellence. We break down the careers of those excelling so you can understand what is out there and how to rise up in every field you choose. Let's get the show on the road, shall we? Your host has spent his life promoting global entrepreneurship, helping 20-somethings find their passion and working to help others achieve excellence. CEO of CollegeWorks, Matt Stewart. Welcome to the show and thank you for telling your friends about us. We've got a great show today. We've got Matthew Manage, who might be the youngest general manager of an auto dealership chain in the Midwest, maybe the U.S. He works at Lake Auto Group. You can find him at LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram at Lake Auto Group. He's going to talk about excellence being 100% mentally and physically committed at the time, never settling with good enough. He's going to talk about his growth from sports in high school to a finance and business degree through construction executive into his auto role, starting over and moving up fast. He says that who you surround you with is who you become. If you want to do better than average, you got to do something different than average. Now, we're going to get into the power of EQ and how he uses it as a general manager of a big auto chain. Welcome to the Edge of Excellence. Well, Matthew Manage, welcome to the show. I don't know how long it's been since I've seen you. It's been a while. I really miss you. I'm glad before we got started recording, I could catch you up to speed on all the craziness in my life that I used to share with you to prepare you for one day, one day actually first getting a girlfriend, you got to do that, then getting uh -huh. a ring, that's an important step, then getting married, then having kids. But enough of that, Matthew Manage. We're going to start the way we always start. Why don't you tell me what your definition of excellence is? Yeah, no, my definition of excellence, Matt, is uh, giving a 100% mentally and physically every time without settling for something just being good enough. And that that to me is, is excellence. It's never going to be perfect, but if you can give it 100% and not settle for just good enough, you'll get pretty darn close to perfect. So, so to me, that that's really excellence in, in anything that you do. Okay, so 100% mentally and physically every time and aiming for perfect, even though besides the way we look and our personalities, you're never going to be perfect, but you're going to go well beyond good enough and you're going to keep giving and keep pushing and keep trying to get as close to perfect as possible. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's interesting because I think you did a disc test on aren't you a driver influencer? 
I am. I am. Wow. Driver and influencers don't aim for perfect. They aim for done. Like, let's just get it done and move on. Let's do the next thing and move on. Let's close the deal. Let's get it out. But you're you're kind of adjusting your driver. And if you're listening in the car on 1.5 speed and you don't know what a driver influencer is, you missed an episode. Go back into the list. Find the disc episode. Figure out what your disc score is. Matthew Manage is running these giant, uh, this auto group. He was in charge of finance, which is a detail-oriented job. He moved into sales manager, which perfectly aligns with his disc score, started thriving in that position to become the GM of these two dealerships. You got to know what your personality is to figure you shouldn't be in the finance department. You should be in the sales department. So Matthew's a, a DI. DIs are not perfect, but you can adjust, right? You've adjusted yourself. You For understand sure. that, especially in your industry, you got to get that paperwork perfect or the banks are going to hate you. You got to deliver customer service and give them what they want, or you're going to have the reputation of Fletcher Jones motor cars. Uh, this episode is not sponsored by Fletcher Jones motor cars in Newport beach. Cause everybody hates Fletcher Jones because they don't try. They are the biggest Mercedes dealership in the world and everybody hates them. I don't understand who they sell cars to. They never sell it twice. They never sell it twice because they settle for not good enough. You're going beyond not good enough, beyond good enough where most of the D's and I stop, you're aiming for per perfection and giving it a hundred percent mentally and physically as you move through life. For sure. Yeah. It's just, it's, uh, it's been, like you said, it's been a change. I've always been a uh, driver influencer. It's good enough onto the next, but uh, not, uh, not quite the same. Uh, How did you make that change and what brought it out? I would say it's, uh, it's really just a focus thing. You know, a lot of that um, started way back in the, in the day when I was an intern. You know, you kind of learn then when you're working with customers on the other side of it that uh, good enough might be good enough for you, but it's not always good enough for them. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and so you, uh, so I kind of developed that a little bit, and then uh, you know, coming over into this industry, a different industry, there's a lot more volume, there's a lot more customers, and so good enough really does not become good enough because um, the expectation from the customers is is greater. Having to convey that message to salespeople, I kind of had to adopt that, that approach or it would have, uh, we wouldn't have been aligned uh, and that wouldn't have, wouldn't have gone super well with the, uh, the salespeople. So, yeah. And so part of being excellent and, you know, you alluded to, we work together, you know, you were excellent here. You built excellent relationships, uh, long lasting relationships, loyal relationships, Everybody you work with loved you. I loved you. Uh, everybody loved you. Um, but as you're going through this process of different jobs and different experiences and different um, interactions, you learn to adjust, you learn to grow. So part of your path to excellence, you always gave it 100% uh, mentally and physically. We'll get into high school and we'll get into sports and we'll get into college. But it, it just was always there for you. Always yeah. 100%, always more than the next person. But maybe you you cut some corners early as you were younger. As you matured, you moved into never settling for good enough. And you had to kind of make an adjustment in your natural behavioral patterns. And me too. Like, I'm not a systems person. I'm not a yeah. detail person. But sometimes you have to be. And the point of the disc test is to make sure you're not you're not an accountant where you're always perfect and you're not an accountant where everything has to be exactly right because um, it'd be hard to live in that world day in and day out, 60 hours a week. 
but you need to be perfect with customer service or as close to it as you can. You need to be well beyond good enough. So you realize as you're moving through life, I'm going to make an adjustment. Um, it's not working for my customers when I go good enough at the painting business. I'm going to make it excellent customer service and excellent communication and excellent delivering what you need in your new role here as the GM of your auto group. Well, let's, let's back up a little bit. And real quick, in case people want to uh, want to find you, they can find uh, you at Lake Auto Group. If you want to look up and maybe go work with Matt or get a good deal on a vehicle, but probably work with Matt, pick his brain, bring him on your podcast at Lake Auto Group, Matt Manage. Uh, but prior to Lake Auto Group, prior to going to college at UW-Madison, Prior to getting a personal finance degree, which I, I believe means you wanted to be a personal investment planner. It does mean that. Yeah. It okay. It does mean that. So uh, prior that. prior to the decision to do that and then not do it, you're <laughs> back in high school. What was life like in high school? What were you, how did you see yourself? How did you find your path? Yeah. Uh, life in high school was consumed by sports. You know, I, I went to class because uh, you did. And uh I lived to play sports. Um, I loved it. I played uh, played golf, uh, basketball, and uh, and football growing up until I got sick of beating on my body a little bit. Uh, so really, basketball and golf. And I just I lived to do those two things. I did those two things year round. I loved the camaraderie, the teammates, the the winning, the uh, the common path. Right, that was always something uh, for me. That was that was cool. And, uh, beyond that, you know, I, in high school, I really didn't, I knew I wanted to go to college and I wanted to go to a, a really good school. I think that's pretty common, but really for me, it was all about get, get grades that uh, were good enough back to, uh, our, uh, um, our change of philosophy and, uh, good, just good enough to get into a, a big time school and, uh, otherwise excel in athletics. So what, what you went to UW Madison, right? I did. I did. So good. That's interesting. Good enough. It's always interesting to hear people's perspectives. I <laughs> life, life for me was sports. I went to school because that, that's what you did. Yeah. You, you legally have to take the classes. So yeah, that's what you did. And good. then quote good enough. And I, I, I look at the college rankings a lot. I believe Madison's in like the top 35 schools overall in the nation, isn't it? It is pretty consistently up there. Yeah. Yeah, it's it pretty up there. So your good enough grades must have been pretty damn good enough, right? They were. They were. Yeah. Mom helped with that, too. She wasn't uh, she didn't give me much choice, you know, over my shoulder, helping me get the homework done, which I think. Oh, oh, was was she a millennial mom or was she a Gen Z mom? Meaning, did she help you and push you to study or did she just take the test for you? Help me and push me to study. She's a, she's, <laughs> so yeah, so no, you got good enough grades. Yeah. You got good enough grades. Your mom didn't get the grades for you, but good enough must have been pretty good. And by the way, I, I don't. You, you wanted to go into personal finance, and you wanted to be a financial planner. My buddy yeah. Joe John Duran, who I think you saw, I think we brought him in as a guest speaker. He I ended did. up, yeah, yeah, he had, he ended up selling his business to Goldman Sachs. Now he's the CEO of Goldman Sachs Wealth Management. His daughter transferred from some Boston school and she is loving UW Madison. So she's a Laguna beach girl, a volleyball player. And I guess your volleyball team is so good that she plays intramural volleyball. She's not on the team there. I think you guys are number one in the country or something. Yeah. They just won the national title the women's volleyball team. Okay. There you go. So uh, good. Yeah. Madison's a cool place. Yeah. So she moved there. She loves it. And so you're in Madison, just good enough to get into one of the best schools in the country. 
and your life in high school was excelling in sports and going to class because you had to. You must have had good grades. Did you get did sport were sports involved in you getting into Madison? Uh, they were. They helped. You know, it's the, the total package. Um, I did a lot of volunteering in high school, too. And uh, that kind of helped the uh, my grades were like you said, they were good enough to get in, but they weren't much better than that. So and, but you know, uh, yourself. I got a good ACT score. So I kind of knew that I had to put together the total package. Yeah. So you, and you know yourself and you know yourself early. So you know you're going to get the good grades that you can get. You know you're going to get the tests that you're going to get. You know it's probably not going to be enough. So you're doing your volunteering. You're working too, right? You had a few jobs. Yeah, I did. I had two different jobs uh, throughout high school too, in addition to the sports. Yeah. So you're preparing the whole package. And if you're if you're in high school and you're listening to this, first of all, congratulations. You're getting yeah, to this early. It's impressive. Yeah, this is a podcast for 20-somethings, but welcome. Listen, it's it's a whole package. Everybody else that's listening right now already put together the whole package, already got into school. So what was life like in college, and uh, uh, where did you see yourself going, and what did you do to prepare yourself for that? Yeah, college was, uh, was cool. Uh, Madison, my freshman year, I really didn't know. I liked finance. I liked business. I didn't really know... Uh, what I was doing, and I didn't really have a great direction. You know, I kind of took out the uh, the sports and being a captain and being a leader, and just started going to class with uh, out a lot of outside besides that because I certainly wasn't uh, big enough or good enough to be a Division One athlete. So um, it uh, for my freshman year, I was kind of just you know going to class, feeling it out, which wasn't which was strange to me. I'd always you know tried to do something different than what everyone else was doing, but I, I was kind of doing that. And then uh, I settled on business though. Um, I knew I wanted to do that. And that was kind of my freshman year. And then sophomore year, I was really looking to do something besides just go to class. So I had settled on personal finance at that point, just because I had thought that uh, working for myself as a wealth manager would be cool. Uh, and I always wanted to work for myself in whatever field I did. So I settled on that sophomore year and kind of put myself on that path. By the time I was a senior, I kind of knew I was never going to going to use the that specific part of the degree, just use what getting the degree taught me. And so then, yeah, sophomore year is kind of when I started looking out to do something to get myself on a path that wasn't just going to school to to get a decent job after after college, because that wasn't what I saw for myself. So I knew I had to uh, put myself on a different path. Um, and then, uh, that's when I, uh, when I did college, started college works was my sophomore year. Um, okay. So, and that kind of put me on a different, different trajectory just because of the people that surrounded me with, um, which I, we, you know, we can get into that a little bit. But. Oh, all right. So you're putting together the whole package in high school, get ready for that next step of going to a great school. You love the cheese curds, you love those hills. God, that place is beautiful. I think the first time I drove through Wisconsin was with you. And I think you, and I don't remember who was in the car, just thought I was the biggest kook. I'm taking pictures of the barns. I just wouldn't shut up about how beautiful it is. But damn, that place is beautiful. That Madison, Wisconsin is beautiful. And you took me out and had a good time. We had shot skis. We had cheese curds. We got cold. We stayed out way too late. I even went to that house of yours. We had Matt Rudig there with those weird socks on that he was wearing. I remember it like it was yesterday. I had such a good time. So you're 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 in, in high school doing the whole package. You come out to Madison, Wisconsin. You give yourself like a year. 
And I don't think that's a bad idea. School's hard. We were just talking before we started recording about my grades, my first year of school, my son's grades, first year of school. It's hard to get used to, you know, being independent, living on your own, running all yeah. your personal stuff, figuring out what the professors want in their classes, how to sell them on you're good enough to get an A. So you took a year, but it wasn't comfortable. You just knew it just what you it's just it's just enough. And you're not the you're not the just enough guy. You're not the good enough guy. So you realize, OK, I'm doing good enough. I did my freshman year good enough. But now I'm a sophomore and I got to get back to the whole package. And so you start to realize personal financial management isn't what you want to do. Congratulations. You go to college not to not knowing what you want to do. You go to college to figure out what you're going to try. And you don't yeah. go to college to figure out what you're going to do for the rest of your life. You go to college to figure out what you're going to do for the first year out of college. And if it doesn't work, you find something else. So you're in college. Uh, you do the college works gig as a manager. You crush it. Um, everybody loves you. So you become a district manager. You crush it. Everybody loves you. So you become a, a VP right out of college. So you were working with us in the construction industry, in the training industry, helping other people find their dreams, helping other people yeah. find their path, helping other people find their skill set. And then eventually you're like, okay, this is what I'm going to do anymore. And you moved into the, the bigger corporate world and you moved into uh, car business, starting in finance, because that was your weird degree that you didn't really want. And moving into sales because you found out in college you're really good at sales and sales management. And this this program isn't about college works, but you worked here. So go ahead and tell us your college works experience. And then we're going to get into the car business. Yeah, for sure. I think that for me, college works set me up to know what I wanted to do with my the rest of my life. I think that was really what it was. It wasn't uh, had so little to do with what I was actually doing, right? But I I learned then for the first time that who you surround yourself with is who you become. And I just got really lucky, quite frankly, I, in my opinion, I, I surrounded myself with crazy talented people and just tried to keep my mouth shut, keep my head down and, and learn as much as I could along the way to set me up for what I ultimately wanted, which was to run my own company or to run someone else's company at the highest of levels at, the C level, the, the executive level. And, uh, that's when I kind of learned that if you want to do something better than average, you have to do something different than the average person does, um, to get those results. If you do everything the same way everyone else does, uh, you're going to get the same results they do. And so throughout kind of the end of my college, that's really what I tried to do was surround myself with awesome people that I could learn from and do as many different things different than what the rest of the people I was going to school with were doing to separate myself once I, I got that piece of paper, uh, which is ultimately kind of all it is. So, so that for me was really set me up to be able to have success, you know, and be as young as I am in charge of a large car dealership organization is that without that realization, I think I would have just kind of done what everyone else does and gotten a decent job and kind of moved on after that, after college, you know, so. You got to be one of the youngest GMs in the whole country, don't you? Uh, yeah, I would assume, you know, I, at least in the Milwaukee area, the, the GMs I talk to, I'm 
quite a bit younger than them. And some you're, of the events you're I like the age of their kids. Yes. Yeah. In a, in a lot of cases. Yeah. I'm like the age of their kids. Yeah. Which is crazy. It's a, it's a cool experience for sure. Uh, get some, get some weird looks. It's uh, strange. And, you know, you ask some questions in some meetings and they kind of look at you like, you're not supposed to know that, uh, or you're not supposed to think like that. And so that's, uh, that's been cool. Been uh, something I think I maybe took for granted a little bit uh, in my early twenties with the, the positions and the people I surrounded myself with that kind of helped me think that way. So it's cool. It's uh, it's been very cool. Yeah, I guess back to your definition, and, and I worked with you pretty darn close, so I I, I know how you lived. I remember, and, and those people you were surrounding yourself with, I was surrounding myself with those same people. We can give a shout yeah. out to to Tom Ackman. If you spend enough time with people, you become just like them. And I got a lot fatter hanging out with Tom Ackman. And we, <laughs> and we could give a shout out to the old uh, Kyle. Look, I haven't talked to Tom for a few weeks. I talked to Kyle yeah. real briefly recently. Shout out to Tom Ackman. Shout out to Kyle. Look for making Matt manage and Matt Stewart, better people, but you're living this hundred percent uh, mentality, mentally hundred percent, physically, every time you're getting your pretty good grades in school, but you did the college works gig and you know, you're one of the best managers. You're one of the best district managers. And then at a very young age, you were a vice president running that whole division. How old were you then uh, for, you know, it's a college works. It's an internship company. It's a construction yeah. company. You're how old and you're a vice president of the $5 million uh, division. Jeez. I was, what was I? 23, 24, the 23, like 24, yeah. right out of school, right, right, right out, out of school. school. And then yeah. you decided, Hey, you know what? I want to do something different. And I don't know if I remember this right, but did you go then work at the dealership group that was owned by Trent's family. Is that right? No, 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 no. So uh, you did not use any of your connections. Um, you I went did work- use my connections, but uh, they're my connections. It actually, uh, my uh, my dad is the CEO here. Um, and ah, so that's how I got. That's ah. how I got my in. Okay, okay, but let's let's stop with the. It doesn't matter what you know. It matters who you know. Crap, because that is crap. It doesn't matter who you know if you're a loser. It doesn't so, matter if you can't deliver results. Yeah. So your dad, yeah. your, your dad's CEO of a big company, he's not going to take his shithead kid and put him in charge as the GM because his business will be gone. If your um, dad owns something big, you better impress him. You better deliver. So you went off on your own. You impressed and delivered in our business. And then your dad probably sucked you in and realized- Oh my God, I got to get my kid back. Those dorks are getting the best years out of them. I want the best years out of them. So you leave this great, this fantastic, rewarding job with all the greatest people in the world, traveling all over, having a great time to go back to your dad, which by the way, it still pisses me off. And I just did another recording just now with one of your buddies, still pisses me off that you guys left, but I'm so stoked for your dad. God, I am so stoked for you. How stoked is your dad? His little boy comes home. He's probably, you're probably better than your dad ever was at your age. And I'm assuming then that you want his job next. Are you enjoying the show thus far? We go through so many resources and links with this podcast, it's tough to keep up. I get it. That's why Matt and the rest of the team put together the Edge of Excellence Bundle. 
In it, you'll find different tools that relate to overarching themes and topics of the show. Things like disk assessment tools, time management strategies and tactics, stress and anxiety management tools, exclusive videos and episodes from this podcast that is not released anywhere else, and so much more. The best part? As a valued listener of this show, you can access the Edge of Excellence bundle 100% for free of charge. That's right, for simply being awesome and tuning in. To get access, all you have to do is go to www.collegeworks.com podcast and fill out the short form there for us to get the bundle over to you. Once again, it's www.collegeworks.com podcast. Now, back to the show. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take his job next. What's his name? Uh, What's his name? What's John. his name? John? John. Hey, John, I know you're listening to this. If you don't give him that job, I'm going to bring him back to us again. I want <laughs> your son back here, but I think that's so cool. I mean, as a dad, and I, I've got a wonderful son and a wonderful daughter, and you know, they're living their own lives, doing their own thing, and they're off. Now, one's in high school, one's in college. And man, I would be so excited to have them even ask to come work with me let alone come work with me. And man, I just can't even imagine how proud your dad must be to see you. You come in, you're working in the finance department, then you move into sales, then you move into sales management. The day your dad realized that you could be the GM must have been such a proud day for him. You don't even know. You don't even know how stoked he was. Or do you have any idea? Uh, I don't, other than he told me he's he's pretty proud. He's pretty happy. Um, He, uh, it was funny because he switched, right? He like, you know, when I was in college and even right out of college, he was like, almost like, stay away, go, you know, don't, I don't, <laughs> you gotta go, go do your own thing, go figure out. Uh, and then, like you said, as I got a uh, few years in and he realized, I think what I was capable of, he started, all right, come on, you gotta, you gotta come back now. So it was kind of funny to watch that switch, you know, as I, as I was growing up, he's like, no, go do your own thing. Get it, get away from me, figure, figure things out. And then, uh, once he realized, I think what I was capable of and what I wanted to do, he's like, okay, come on, come on back now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and there's someone listening yeah. in the car. It's not, you listen in the car on 1.5 speed right now. It's not that your dad doesn't believe in you. It's not that your dad doesn't trust you. It's that you've got to get it done to a level where they're going to give you their livelihood. Correct. And they know about all the bad stuff you've done. So they're still trying to get that out of their mind. I'm not going to say what it was, but there probably was some things going on. And I know I did some shot skis with you. Um, I know it wasn't that, but there's probably some stuff that your dad remembers. Uh, and he's tr- you got to drown that out with all the goodness. So you yeah. come home from the college works thing and you tell him, yeah, you sold a bunch. And he's probably like, oh, my God, you're getting scammed here. Get out of that business. And then you made a bunch of money. Then you come back. You're going to do the, the district manager thing. And he's like, well, whatever that is. And then he starts to see. Matt is crushing it. So you got to prove yourself even to your dad. So you you leave us, which was a very sad day. And it was sad. Yeah, it was sad for all of us. And I can't believe I haven't talked to you more recently. We got to do this more often. Um, we do, we do. Not record the podcast, but just have Zoom calls. So you go work with your dad and you move into the finance department and it wasn't the right fit, right? It didn't fit perfectly. Um, no, it was... It- you know, I had the best finance numbers in the history of the store. It just wasn't 
what I wanted to do. And that was yeah, it wasn't a right fit for that. you, not for yeah, them. It doesn't, it doesn't fit for me. You know, it, uh, I like working with people. I like making an impact in people's life. I like being able to help them learn how to sell and elevate where they're at. Take what might be a novice level skill and elevate that for them um, to change the trajectory they're on. And so, and that's what I'm best at because that's what I enjoy the most, right? So, you know, you talk about giving 100% mentally and physically, that's going to be what you enjoy doing is what's going to allow you to give a hundred percent mentally and physically to, to do something. So, uh, so yeah, it wasn't the right fit. Then, uh, I got promoted twice in a, in a pretty short time period in the sales department to be able to oversee the the whole kit and caboodle. And yeah. And so, and that's how it works, right? You you go to, you don't know what's going on. Your mom's ironing your underwear, cutting the crust off your your bread, your friend's dad's a lawyer. You're watching flip and flop on the on TV because you like the way those two people look because they're so good looking on flip and flop. And they both live by me. I see them driving around their Bentleys. Uh, and you're uh, um, you know, kind of go to college and you realize, oh, wait a second. I love I learn a little bit more about myself. I kind of like this. I kind of like that. I don't like this. Then you go try a job and you're at the college works gig and you're working with people and their eyes start to sparkle and you change their lives. And a couple of them go off and do huge things. And you're like, wait a second, I really like this. And, but I got this finance thing. So you go try the finance thing and you find what you're missing. And that's what life is. And that's why I always say, you don't have to figure out what you're going to do for the rest of your life when you're in college. You got to figure out what you're going to try for a year. You try the finance thing for a year because you got the math mind and you're a smart dude. And you didn't have to do anything to get the grades to get you to Wisconsin. You just play basketball all day long and you're there and you realize this isn't me. And someone else, someone else that has a different personality, someone else with different behavioral patterns would have loved it and thrived in it. And even though it wasn't you, you crushed it for a little period of time but you can't maintain crushing it in the wrong position. And you know, you trust your gut and you're like, I got to leave. So you get into sales and you're helping people out and you're getting them one of those badass new Broncos fully loaded in the right color delivered at under sticker price tomorrow, um, Mm -hmm. which is impossible now due to COVID. And and that's cool because you're helping people, but you're still not there yet, right? You're still not there. And you realize, which is what I realized, this is my favorite. My dad was a teacher. You realize, I love teaching. I love working through other people. I love watching them grow, them learn. And so all of a sudden it becomes clear, I need to be in the management position. And I love the customers and I want to work with the customers and our company takes care of the customers. Um, But I want to be in the management position to help other people learn to do that. Learn to make that impact. So you move into sales management. And then what happened? Because now you're now you're the GM. So now you're dealing with not just selling, you're dealing with selling. You're, do, does the GM uh, run service too? Yeah, we're dealing with service. Yeah. Okay, so now you got the service. You've got the employees in service. You have all the technical knowledge. You have the capital investment. What equipment do we buy? What equipment do we lease? You have the inventory issue. Uh, you have the financing issues. You've got this whole kit and caboodle, as you say. Um, how did you decide that you wanted to go there instead of remaining in sales management? Because a lot of people just want to stay in sales and they don't want to do the manager thing, or they just want to stay in sales management. They don't want to do the operations thing. How'd you figure that part out? That's a good question, actually. How did I figure that out? I, I think for me, it's really fits me better even than the sales management because I get to interact with the salespeople, but I also get to 
quarterback, the service and sales department working together to make the whole system smoother than it was. And that that's really been, I guess, the value I've been able to add was I saw systems that we could implement to make the the service and sales side work better together to ultimately be more efficient and and you know be more profitable. And that that part of it, I think I really gravitate towards. I think I always have gravitated towards that. If I get to interact with people and come up with my own system. And the only way you can do that is if you're, you know, somebody hands you the the keys to the building, so to speak, and says, go ahead, blow it up. And to, you know, the credit of the people I'm around here, they gave me that freedom to do that. You know, I kind of earned that with what I showed them I was capable of doing. And they gave me the freedom to go ahead, turn it upside down on its head if you want. It's We've been doing it for a long time, but if you think you can get better results by flipping the whole thing upside down, go ahead and do it. And that for me was, was bliss, right? I get to, I get to come up with my own systems. Everybody gets to do it my way and the, uh, end results on me, uh, good, bad, or indifferent. And I love that. I, I kind of thrived in that ever since I can remember. I like being the one that everyone depends on, right. To, to deliver results, people's livelihoods and well, really, yeah, their livelihoods kind of depend on that. And so I, that for me, I, I enjoy that. I love that. I have a lot of fun with that. Um, so, I mean, you, you've got these people that work in your organization and we want to get people in the right place on the right bus. And there's somebody in the car listening at uh, 1.5 speed because you have to listen to me at 1.5 speed because I talk too much. Uh, and I talk fast, so it's really two speed when you're at 1.5 speed. So they're, they're listening in the car and they're thinking, wait a second, what are that's me? Well, you got the sales side where you have to have really good listening skills. And, and how do you develop these skills? You practice. You don't get to get that job, that 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 sales manager job, without getting the jobs that lead up to it. You don't get to get the job that leads up to it without doing the jobs that lead up to that. But you know, the sales part, you're listening, um, you're identifying needs, you're showing people uh, what you have that fits their needs. You're listening again. People think it's telling, telling, telling. It's not. It's not. You're no, listening. Listen, and you're good listen. at that. Yeah. And you're good. And then you're like, but wait, there's more. So you move into the sales management job, which has mentoring and has training. And you got to love that. You got to love other people's success or you shouldn't be in management. You got to love them winning, them getting the trophies, them getting the rewards. And you're there to provide the tools that they need and provide the uh, systems that they need. And sometimes if you're in management, you have to provide the kick in the butt they need. And you probably loved it. You probably did well at it. And there's someone in your, maybe in your company right now that's going to be in that role forever because they were born to do that role. Uh, but in addition to that, you love the operations side. Some people hate the operations. Some people hate the having to get the interdepartment communication going. Some people hate finding the systems. That's not who they are. Um, but yeah. for you, it was, and you're starting to figure this out as you have these experiences and you realize you love finding systems. You love finding ways of doing things. You feel good when the system helps other people succeed and you realize, okay, now I now I know what I want. And you found this role, this GM role, which transitions directly into the CEO role, which is a more strategic version of what you're doing. It's less execution. It's more empowering. It's more enabling. Your dad must be great at empowering to let 
someone your age take over the whole business. He's got to be pretty damn good at that. So you got to watch your dad and learn from your dad. You find your mentors, right? You, you certainly, yeah. what would you say? Who you surround yourself with is who you become. So you're surrounding yourself with that. And now you're in this role. So real quick, what is the role? What do you do as the GM of an auto group? What's a, a day in the life? What skills are you using? What's the good, the bad, and the ugly? Yeah. Communication is the number one skill, right? I spend all day talking to people, right? It, uh, so that, that's the number one skill. Time management would be second. It's uh, easy to get pulled in 16 different directions. You got salespeople that, that want to come up and talk to you about the, the deal they're working. You got the service advisor that's got the warranty claim and the technician that can't figure out how to uh, fix the car. And, you know, so you got to build some structure, which I learned in college, right? Is you gotta, you gotta have some structure to, to get things done. And then, uh, number one, I think though, is, uh, learning how to problem solve, thinking outside the box to, to get solutions. And from a strategic perspective, figure out what aren't we doing good and what can we do better and what are we doing really well? And so, I mean, those are kind of the three real general skills that I think every single day I use that six years ago, seven years ago, especially problem solving. You know, I don't know that I could have told you I was the best problem solver in the world. You kind of have to learn that as you go and uh, you get better at it. Still getting better at it every day, but you know, day in the life, uh, a lot of talking to salespeople, a lot of uh, approving ROs, uh, repair orders for customers and uh, talking to technicians how things are going. It's really, you know, I, one of the things I figured out is it doesn't matter what the industry is. It's really just about the people. And so uh, I try to spend as much of my day talking to people uh, within the organization about what's going on um, and trying to help them do their job to the best of their ability. And uh, what part of my day isn't filled with that? Uh, talking to the manufacturers quite a bit. Uh, new cars, warranty operations. Um, that's kind of the nitty gritty part, the boring part, if you will. Uh, a lot of Zoom meetings. Um, that's the the less exciting part of the job, the, the Zoom meetings with the factories. But uh, they're great. They're fun. And uh, they do a good job helping helping set us up for success. So, so yeah, I, you know, I guess without going too, too nitty gritty on your mat, that's kind of the, the day to day, the ins, the outs. Well, we covered how you got there, right? You, you yeah. talked about you talked about in high school. You liked team teams. You liked teammates. You liked winning. You liked the common path. You had all these experiences with sports. You got some EQ skills. You got some communication skills. You got some time management skills from sports. Then you go to college. Take a little year to figure it out. All of a sudden, you're in college and you have a business that you're running. You're furthering those communication skills. You're furthering that time management skill. You're furthering. The, uh, you're starting to develop even more uh, commercial problem solving skills. You're developing your listening skills. Then you move up into the into the different roles that you moved up into, and it's just a constant growth. And it's all about communication, whatever industry you're in, especially if you're in leadership. It's all about time management, whatever industry. And you got to pick the most important things to work on, not the least important. You can't let the squeaky wheel suck in all of your energy. But through this path that you've made, you've been developing these skills, not knowing where you were going. Your dad didn't even really think you were going to get there at one point in time. I know. I know. I don't I haven't talked to him about it, but I know because I've got my own kids. And then all of a sudden 
through this experience and through this growth, you get to the point where you're ready for that big job. And EQ, where does EQ play into this? You've got these customers, you've got all these people that work there. How does EQ play into it? Uh, It's so important. That emotional quotient, being able to actually listen to people, you know, they're not very good at telling you exactly what they're thinking. You kind of have to listen to read between the lines to figure out what it is that they're actually thinking, or if there's a problem that they're not telling you about, or if there's something going on that they're, they're not happy about, uh, most people avoid telling you that. And so you kind of have to read between the lines to figure that out. And the only way you learn that is by experiencing it over and, and over again. <laughs> um, and like you said, it's listening, developing those listening skills. So important. I think that was such a switch for me is when I learned that I had to develop listening. Um, you know, what did you learn that? Yeah. When I learned to, uh, develop that EQ, um, was really the first time I started selling and, you know, the customer wasn't going to tell me what was the reason they weren't going to buy all the time. I had to figure that out from having a conversation with them. And you learn then that you have to listen to people. And then, you learn it even more when you start working with people on a day-to-day basis. And for the first time I had people who worked for me, I was a 19 year old kid in college and I had people who worked for me and uh, there was a 0% chance they were going to tell you (laughs) exactly what you needed to know to be able to best help them without you really listening. And then on top of listening, learning to ask the right question after you heard them. And so I think that was so important for me to develop and just, have the chance to see other people do that because of the position I put myself in throughout college and surrounding myself with those people. And then shortly after college, it's hard to learn that stuff just from, you can't learn that reading a textbook. You, you have to learn that from doing it yourself, in my opinion, and, and seeing other people do it and do it at a really high level. And so that for me, was really when I first started to learn that was when I first had people reporting to me and was really interacting with customers and, and people who worked for me. You and I weren't great listeners or great at EQ at 19 and 20, were we? No, no, definitely not. And <laughs> yeah, you I, didn't know what, I didn't even know what it was at 19 or 20. Yeah. You could ask me what EQ was. And I would be like, huh? What's that? Yeah. I seem to remember that you and I in our early business years had kind of a little bit of a, asshole vibe where like punch you in the gut, keep pushing you, keep pushing you. And then that came later because that, that works, that works for a while. You can whip and whip and whip, but eventually people are like, no, I'm not going to do that. So would you say that your listening skills and your EQ skills um, are the things that have developed the most uh, that, that have, uh, have gone, have had the biggest gain in the last five years? No question. No question. I, way, way, way better at it. Like you said, in our, in our early years, it was, uh, all the, uh, the driver disc came out, right. It's uh push, 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 and nothing else mattered other than pushing as hard as you could every time. But that, yeah, that's been a crazy change, um, in my, my personality and learning, um, over in the your maturity, in your wisdom, yeah. In your wisdom, because as you move through life, you figure things out through trial and error. You watch your mentors, you listen and you get better and you keep getting better. And so you you discovered the power of EQ, the power of listening, the power of self-assessment, the power of questions. 
and you start to become excellent. You were always pretty damn good. You were always on that edge of excellence, but you just keep growing and growing. And then you become maybe the youngest GM in the state, maybe the youngest GM, the youngest GM I've ever heard of. You become that person that shouldn't have that job because you're wiser than your age, because you've had more experience than your age, because maybe you're better at self-assessment and better at growing than other people. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, that's a hundred. That's a great way to put it. It's just it's so much more learning from the experiences I've had than the average person my age. Um, you know, like we talked, like I mentioned earlier, doing something different than than average to get a different than average result, and that that for me has been the key. My EQ and listening and development would have been slowed significantly without uh, trying to take that approach to it. That's fantastic. So I have two more questions for you, and I know we're running out of time. First one's my favorite one. What sacrifices did you make earlier in life that you'll never regret? Oh, the random, you know, Wednesday night party, the random sit on the couch and hang out with your buddies and play video games on, on Tuesday night when, you know, I was, not that I didn't do that every once in a while, but those nights that I couldn't do that or those weekends that I couldn't do that because I was off running a company because I was studying because I was traveling to places I'd never been to before at 19 or 20 um, with people that were went on to become the best friends I have and the people who I still talk to today, that stuff, some sleep, you know, I'd sacrifice all that again. You know, I never, I really believe I never sacrificed anything that wasn't important to me or that was important to me, excuse me. Um, my, my friends were important to me. They were who I was doing everything with every day when I was in college, setting myself up to be better than average was important to me. So I didn't sacrifice anything that, like I said, was important to me. Um, so I would, yeah, I would do all that again in a heartbeat. So yeah, you don't regret in the short term, you regret the party in the short term, you regret the game. But life is not about the short term. In the long term, you really regret the partying if that's all you did. You really yeah. regret the game. Felt great at the time, and then you don't have a job. Or you Correct. definitely are not the youngest GM. You're still way down the line. So you made some balanced decisions that uh, led you to where you're at. And I, I, I've known Matt for a long time. I went to those places that he'd never been to before. Uh, we had a good time. We did. We stayed out late. We worked our butts off. We had a meeting from 8 a.m. till 6 p.m. and then meeting over dinner. And we're out till one or two in the morning and doing it all over again. Now, I can't do that anymore because I'm so old now. But we had a good time. We were in helicopters and we went to these cool cities and we did some amazing things and and we worked. We had yeah. balance. So you don't regret having balance and you don't regret preparing for your future and limiting the fun so you could have some fun later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. hundred percent. I, yeah, that was to me was what really set me up to be able to do what I do now. It's kind of the same way now. I do it all your life. Yeah. I love going to work every day and I enjoy the hell out of it because I know I'm going to work really hard when I'm there. And then when I'm not there, I'm going to go do something awesome with the people that I love and enjoy doing that because I know I took care of everything 
that work and learning how to have that balance by putting a lot on your plate when maybe you don't think you can handle it all the time, I think was, was cool. Well, that is a good lesson on balance right there, Matthew manage. I said that, uh, I had one more question. I have two. Uh, would you consider yourself Kyle Lindsay's fishing advisor and fishing mentor and the greatest fisherman that Kyle's ever seen much better than he is? Much better fisherman than Kyle Lindsay by far. He, he pretty much learned everything about fishing that he knows from me. Yeah, hundred percent. But my real final question is if I could get a repair <laughs> order where I take like, I don't know, an old Ford that I bring in and have it repaired into a Ford GT40, could we get that done? <laughs> I don't know if I can make that happen. I'll work on it for you though. Could, could you just put new wheels, new engine, new body, new interior on whatever I bring you all under warranty, of course. And I can just drive away in one of those badass Ford GT40s. I'll work on it for you. I'll see what okay. I can come up with. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for that. Well, Matthew, <laughs> besides not being able to fulfill that commitment to me, which I really wish you could, because there are some cool cars in your lineup there are some those new broncos are so awesome and that crazy weird ford mustang crossover truck thing with the, yeah, the uh, Maki is awesome the electric all the, electric that it's thing crazy. is so awesome man that thing is so cool inside you've got you've got some cool stuff there i appreciate you uh taking time out of uh, the best part of your day where you get to look at those things and just think about how awesome they are, taking time away from all those people that you work with, that you love spending time with and coming on the show and sharing your wisdom and showing them your path to excellence. Really appreciate you coming on today. Appreciate you having me, Matt. It was, uh, it was good to catch up and uh, it was good to talk to you. And nice uh, talking a little trash to Kyle and Tom, which uh, we'll, we'll figure out if they listed the show by whether or not we get some calls from them after this thing airs. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's always good to talk trash to them a little bit. <laughs> well, you have a great weekend. Thanks again for coming on the show. I hope you enjoyed that episode today on the Edge of Excellence podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on whichever platform you're listening to this. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share this exact episode with them. This show exists to showcase what is possible when young leaders are willing to step out of their comfort zone and choose to excel in their lives. To learn more about our internship for young and ambitious students, www.oneinternship.com podcast to see if it's something that makes sense for you. Once again, it is www.oneinternship.com podcast. Let this be a reminder for you to live on the edge of excellence in your business and life. See you next time.